This is an ABC podcast. When I first looked at it, I didn't actually know what it was. And went, oh my goodness. My daughter's 12. If your child is in primary school, there is a very good chance that they have been exposed to these. They are small and brightly coloured and come in flavours like blueberry, bubblegum, custard, donut and pink lemonade. No, I'm not talking about lollies, but vapes. This is parental as anything, and I'm Maggie Dent. I'm a mum, a grandmother, and a parenting author. And in another life, I was a high school teacher and a counsellor, back when kids would sneak down to the back of the oval to smoke ciggies. And now, they're sneaking out to vape. Everyone in, like, year six had done it. All these people that I knew had done it, and I had it. They would talk about all these different flavours and the way that it made you feel. And then I tried it and it wasn't even that cool. They're easy to get, they're easy to hide, and sadly, they are everywhere. But how worried should we be? And what do you do if you catch your tween or teen with a vape? Paul Dillon is the Director of Drug and Alcohol Research and Training Australia, or DATA, and he's been talking to young people, parents and teachers for over 30 years. So, Paul, what exactly is vaping? A vape is a slang term, I suppose, for an electronic cigarette, an e-cigarette. They're a very new phenomenon. The very first one was invented in 2003 by a Chinese pharmacist named Hon Lick. He was a long-term smoker, three-pack-a-day smoker. He decided to quit smoking, and to do so, he needed some help, and so he created a a cigarette that had the most dangerous thing taken out of it. What an e-cigarette does, a vape does, is it gets your nicotine kick without the smoke. These were not designed for young people. They were designed for <laughs> Neither people. Neither was alcohol. <laughs> kind of, so. Yeah, but this was a, I suppose this is an interesting one because it's a particular device, and, you know, it was designed for long-term smokers who wanted to quit. And, of course, what has happened is it has changed the original looked like a cigarette. You could hold it, it helped you in that quitting process. And now we have these brightly coloured, small devices, lots of different flavours that are particularly attractive to young people, teens and tweens, but we are even talking about children here who are accessing them. That is not the norm. And I need to make that very clear. Sometimes I think parents of very young people go, oh, this is not my issue. Uh, If your child is in primary school, there is a very good chance that they have been exposed to these. And schools are really struggling with this Yes, certainly. I think last year was a very difficult year for schools in this area. They really didn't know how to handle it. But by the end of the year, schools were developing, you know, policies and procedures that were helping. Because I think what we don't want to see is, you know, the situation where someone gets caught with one of these and then, you know, they get expelled or there's some kind of punitive thing. There are a number of schools I go to where they have kids who are no longer going to school. They are homeschooled because of their nicotine dependence. They can't get through a day without vaping. But I was contacted by a mother who wanted my help to lobby her school to get a vaping room at the school because her daughter was about to go into year 11 and she couldn't get through her ATAR without vaping. So give me the facts. How many of our kids do you think are vaping regularly versus how many will give it a go? 
there are a substantial number of young people who have experimented with vaping, but a far smaller number who are doing it regularly. It looks about one in 10 year 11 and year 12s are vaping regularly and about one in 20 year 9s and 10s, far less than like a vaping epidemic. But it's a significant number of young people who are being exposed to nicotine and its addictive qualities. Now, nicotine levels in them, talk to me about that. How do you know what's in the one that you do get? You really don't. I think what we have to remember is that when it comes to young people, the vapes that young people are using, exposed to, or unable to access are the disposable ones. Those ones you described, brightly coloured, very small. There are other vapes. So if people see people walking down the street vaping, often they're the much larger devices. They're refillable vapes. You get um, a certain amount of e-liquid. That's a liquid that's in the vape that vaporises with different nicotine levels. It's illegal to sell liquid nicotine. It's illegal to, to purchase liquid nicotine in this country. And if someone gets caught selling these, there's a hefty fine in most states. It was interesting, a study from University of Wollongong who've been kind of tracking these devices. They said they have not found one product that stated it was nicotine-free that actually didn't contain nicotine. All of them did. Some of them were just traces of nicotine, but all of them did. Look, I think young people are fairly aware when they're vaping nicotine because they get some kick from it. But that's when you're a little bit older and you understand what a kick means. But when you're very young, I think there are certainly young people have no concept that they are actually using a very addictive substance. They know about cigarettes. They know that if you start smoking, you could be a smoker for the next 20, 25 years or longer. But with vaping, they're unaware of that. Oh, okay. Tell me some of the effects it can have on young people if it's the first time they've been vaping. If you are nicotine naive, which of course most young people are when they first choose these, it can get pretty sick. Nicotine poisoning was very rare to see it, not only in this country, but around the world. But nicotine poisoning cases have risen quite dramatically, mainly because of vaping kids who had used a vape for a period of time and then got very sick. It's usually vomiting and uncontrollable vomiting for quite a long period of time, stomach aches, feeling very unwell, and it can cause death. Very rare for a child or a young adult or an adult to die from nicotine poisoning, but certainly toddlers and babies who kind of access these. And they can explode. Hey, look, it's rare that it explodes, but it certainly can happen. And it tends not to be the disposable one so much. It's not common, but it certainly does happen. And it's important for kids to know that these devices can be problematic. Okay, mums and dads. I hope you're not despairing too much because I know all of this sounds a bit scary, but Paul has some great tips for helping kids who are hooked on vapes and you're not alone. So start by talking to an expert. Now, for the parents of some teens, the horse has already bolted. So they may be experimenting or vaping regularly and parents will have absolutely no idea until that dreaded call comes from the school saying, yep, we've just discovered that your child is vaping. Or parents may stumble upon one themselves. Going into a teenager's room is always fraught with danger. In this instance, I was going into the 12-year-old's room because she had asked me to get some shower gel for her. And as I rooted around on her bed amongst all the pillows and the sheets. I came across something cold and hard. It's heavy. It's got a casing on it. It kind of smells weird. 
and I don't know what it is. Turns out it's a vape. Why do I have a vape in my hand? Why is there a vape in my daughter's room? How am I going to talk to her about this? So besides not panicking, because I know it's not easy, let's Mm, be honest. Absolutely. I can put myself in those shoes very easily. And we know lectures, punishment, threats don't actually work. So, Paul, give us some of the steps that you recommend when you've discovered that your teen is vaping. I always say the first thing you need to do is don't panic, take a step back, never confront without taking a bit of time to think through how you're going to have the conversation. Get as much information as you possibly can on the issue. Don't rely on one source. Try and look at it from both sides. Then find a good time to speak to your child, and that's really important. The evidence says the best time is kind of at night, late at night. That's particularly for teens. That's the best time for them to speak. Never do it at breakfast. Oh, gosh. You know, the worst conversations you'll ever have will be at (laughs) breakfast. And then ask a couple of questions. And I think the most important thing is to start with them saying, okay, why are you doing this? What do their friends think? It's a kind of a little, little bit of a safety valve when they say, what do you think of vaping? That's a bit confronting. But when you say, have, you, have your friends talked about vaping? And bang, a conversation will start. You give them as much time as they want. You don't interrupt at all. You just let them go. And you are bound to get something like you just don't understand. And with this issue, it's such an incredible opportunity for parents that comment because you turn around, you go, they weren't around when I was young. I don't understand. I want you to help you need, me understand. Exactly. You need to tell me yeah. why. So let them speak. And then when they have finished, then you actually then give your views. This is what I learned about vaping. If there are areas where they don't kind of match, go, okay, let's go and learn together. Let's go and find the facts together. Now, that doesn't mean that the problem is going to be solved. It doesn't mean that automatically they're going to stop vaping. But I think to have that open dialogue, that conversation is the first step. They are an emerging adult and therefore we must respect their autonomy to make their own choices. But when we provide the information that is balanced, we're giving them a better chance to make a choice that's less harmful. I wish I'd said that. That sounds... So wise. Yeah, look, I start my talks with young people always by saying, I'm not here to tell you what to do. You have to make your own choices. My job is to give you the best information I can so you can make the best choices you can. What those choices are, are up to you. And then, of course, another really important thing is the one that parents just don't think actually is effective, and that is making sure your child knows your family expectations. Simply by saying to your child, if you made the decision to vape, I would be incredibly disappointed. Parental disappointment is very powerful. It doesn't stop someone from doing it ever, but certainly it is powerful when you do it. And parents just do not believe that. You know, (laughs) most parents who are listening to this can still say, oh, yes, my mother's 82, my father's 83. I am still devastated if they said I'd be disappointed with you if you did something. You can set your boundaries and say, look, I don't want you to vape. I am not going to ever buy you a vape. And if I find out that you're vaping, there will be consequences. If you put those things into place and you have consequences that are age appropriate and you can actually follow them through, then they are powerful. The reality is you are not going to be able to control what they do when they're away from you. But you can certainly say there is no vaping in the home. If a vape comes into this house, then it will be disposed of. Those rules are absolutely fine, particularly if they're in their kind of early, mid-teens. I met so many parents last year who contacted me after to say, look, 
I'm providing the vapes for my child. And sometimes these are as young as 14. And they say, look, I'm doing it because I don't want them to smoke. And I go, well, uh, you know, the best thing to try to do is to... Neither. Neither. (laughs) You know, isn't that a good idea? I know she's lying. I'm going to take this vape now and I'm going to throw it in the bin. No, don't do that. She says, don't do that. I have to give it back. All right, well, you need to start coming clean with me and tell me what's really going on here because you're 12 years old. You're in year seven. So tell me, have you been vaping? Yes, I have. Why? Because I like it. Because my friends are doing it. Okay. And who's paying for it? We take it in turns. What do you mean you take it in turns? One person pays for it and we have a few chuffs. So what happens if I throw this out? I'll get bashed. Really? They're your mates. I'm in uncharted waters here. There are medical interventions, of course. You could go to your GP from the age of 14. Young people can be prescribed nicotine replacement therapies in most states, and this has only recently happened, but you can contact the Alcohol and Other Drugs Information Service in your area, and you can ask a teen-specific services for nicotine. That's very new, and that's very, very good news for those parents. So we know that one of the big drivers of adolescence is belonging with friends and friendship groups. We'd love it if all their friends were into sport or music, wouldn't we? So if friends are all vaping without any boundaries and it's seen as incredibly cool, how do parents kind of address that one again? Because you said, what are your friends doing? I don't attack vaping per se because I don't think that works. I think they only have to go, as I said, and they also have to kind of look overseas and see that vaping is promoted in other places. So I attack not vaping, but the devices. The one I'm starting to do this year is to look at the environmental impact of these devices. Absolutely. I think targeting that coolness, but saying, look, you kids are all eco-warriors. You You so care about the environment. (laughs) And here you are puffing on these little bits of plastic that are going to be, Mm. yeah, absolutely. Ruining your world. Exactly. And I think that's another way that Mm. they're not as cool as you think. So you know that young people are going to use the safer than cigarettes argument. Can you tell me how does a parent counteract that? You know, we've got to be careful about the messaging here. So I think certainly as a parent, when a child says vaping is safer than smoking, and they say, well, look at New Zealand. New Zealand has a very strong message. You only vape if you smoke. Vaping is only good if you are a smoker already. I've heard it so many times, at least I'm not smoking. Vaping is safer than smoking. I look at them and I say, getting hit by a car is safer than getting hit by a truck. You don't want either of those. Yes. You know, both of them are dangerous. <laughs> Just because one is slightly less dangerous than the other does not mean that it's safe. And so it's better not to do either of them. Mm-hmm. Kids are very good at cherry picking. And what they do is they pick the little bits of the argument that they hear and they feed that back to their parents. And poor parents are dumbfounded and have no idea how to respond. Is she still vaping? Yes, she is. Where is she getting the vapes from? At school. You can buy a throwaway vape that's got something in the vicinity of 2,000 chuffs on it, so that's 2,000 hits, and they share it amongst themselves. I made her watch an online documentary about vaping and how bad it was. That was a bit of an eye-opener for her, and it did give her some education that was coming from an expert, not mum. I have hope that keeping open communication 
with my child that over time she will give it up. When you've got peer pressure, when everybody's doing it, it's really tricky. Now, out and about, younger kids may see older kids on the street, you know, vaping. Is that a good opportunity for parents to start having a conversation? Yeah, look, you take every opportunity you can to start a discussion. These are conversations that shouldn't be forced. I think if a child turns around and just not interested, then, you know, you drop it. When you've got a, a younger child, a primary school child, and they see older teenagers vaping, you can actually kind of put boundaries around it and talk about, well, they're vaping, they're doing something that we really know very little about. When you're a teenager, you don't always make the best decisions, and I hope you don't make those decisions. Now, I hope you feel a bit more confident about the issue and concerns around vaping and e-cigarettes and how it can very quickly become problematic for your child, even in primary school. So some key issues I want you to keep in mind is that nicotine is highly addictive and the window of sensitivity in adolescence where addictions can happen faster than any stage of life are the years before 16. Just like talking about the birds and the bees, (laughs) it's not one conversation, guys. Parents need to have many conversations so that they're really clear on it well before they get to those adolescent years where they can make some really poor choices. With teens, always begin the conversation with what do they know, what are they seeing and what are their friends doing or experiencing? And then how do they feel about that? So again, always have conversations with them, not to them. It is really, really important. Then together, explore the topic of vaping and stir up their conscience about why vaping is lacking regulation and making some adults very, very wealthy while making kids quite sick. Our kids need good information to make good choices and they need it now. So, good luck. You really have got this. Hey, by the way, if you're sharing the house with chuffing teenagers who are giving you heaps, we have another episode that can really help you navigate these stormy waters. It's called How to Manage the Teen Years. What worries me the most is tests, because even though I study for them a lot, I still worry that I'm going to get a bad mark. The adults in my life don't understand that when I do something wrong, taking stuff away from me that I love is going to make me rebel more, not behave. When I do something wrong, that it was just by first reaction and I didn't really think about it. You'll get to understand more about why they're acting this way. Plus learn tips on how you can understand them, how you can support them. Yep, even when they're slamming the door in your face. (laughs) You can find it in the Parental as Anything feed in the ABC Listen app. This episode of Parental as Anything was recorded and produced on Gadigal, Larrakia and Combermary country. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.